Guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Traveling Hoopers podcast. I am your host, Alan Pettigrew Jr. In front of me, which you people on Instagram Live cannot see, is my good friend, Calvin McGowan. Calvin, go ahead and let the people hear your voice. What's up, everybody? Once again, I'm Calvin McGowan. It's always a pleasure to be here. And I've been watching a bunch of basketball, but most of it hasn't been the NBA. Exactly. So we're going to be very specific because I have just got off my coverage of the Florida State basketball um, state playoffs. I don't know why I said state so many times, but uh, let's go ahead and get straight into it. The game I want to talk about is the Nets versus Celtics. Guys, uh, let me look directly into both sets of cameras when I say this. Uh, The Nets were a dumpster fire. Like they're they're really bad right now. Like. We already know it was like this last seven losses. Kevin Durant is finally back. And with him and Kyrie, they have the scoring duo that we've all been excited for since they came together. But if the rest of this team, like the lineups, are are complete and other garbage. Calvin, go ahead and tell us what the, uh, what the depth chart is looking like these days. All right. Well, look, um, it's it's questionable. It's. It's questionable um, in in different ways than last year now because they don't have Harden. Um, but Kyrie, for, for starters, they have Kyrie at the one, Seth Curry at the two, Bruce Brown at the three, KD at the four, Andre Drummond at the five, right? Second string is Goran Dragic, Patty Mills, Cam Thomas, James Johnson, and Aldrich, well, but he's out right now, so it's basically Claxton. Um, and, like, I don't think there's an entire – I don't think there's an actual forward in their backcourt at all. Yeah, and, and it looks like it, too. Like, you know, at some point they had a three-point guard lineup, like this is college or something, having Patty Mills, who's 6'1", um, Kyrie Irvin, who's 6'3", and um, Seth Curry, who is 6'3 as well. And then you go to the extremes where you got 6'11 Kevin Durant out there with Andre Drummond, who is also 6'11. And uh, I don't I don't know what to do about this anymore. Uh, you can tell, like, the new guys are trying to figure out what's going on, why Kyrie and Kevin Durant, if you get them the ball at the top of the key, they're going to make something happen. And it's been happening like that the entire season where it's just kind of like one-on-one ball you go and it looks really good when they're making shots and for the most part because they're they're two of the best scorers at their positions it looks really good and then you have moments where Seth Curry is just lost and he's just running across the uh the paint for no reason with the ball like not even looking to pass he's just going to different spots uh Bruce Brown is I don't want to say useless because he's he's he gives good energy on the defensive end. Like he's there, he's he's a pesky defender. When we talk about switchability, I guess we have a little bit of like Bruce Brown does this, but he's six foot five and he can't really guard guards like they're too quick for him. And he also can't fully guard forwards because they're too big for him, but he gets a lot of turnovers and he can turn those into offense. At least that's what he did against the Celtics. 
But I don't, I don't, I don't know what, what is going on. Like they don't look like they're running the offense for the most part. It's like Kyrie, KD, save us type ball. And then you got moments where Lamarcus Aldridge is on the block with like point two seconds left and just like throwing stuff up. It's, it's bad basketball at this point. And I'm gonna be real with you. I gotta look at Steve Nash and be like, hey, you gotta do something, cause I don't. I need Steve Nash to have a moment where he just like calls a team meeting and I was about to say throw a, <laughs> a ring on the table, but he ain't got that. <laughs> but look, I am a Hall of Famer. I know what I'm doing. But I don't think he is that type of person, you know. Like he it's they need a coach. They need somebody that's gonna tell them get their stuff together. This is how we gotta run the offense. This is we, this is what we gonna do. Because until then, they just gonna look like god awful bro like it's uh i think they said it's like 18 seasons uh 18 games left in the season ben simmons might not be coming into like the last 10 and when i tell you this team needs ben simmons or like a ben simmons level defender it needs him like immediately like what you about to say no i'm just like i'm looking at like the numbers and whatever they're the Nets' offense is significantly worse than I expected, but like, like it's not bad. It's just mediocre, like aggressively mediocre. Yeah, and I get it when you only had part-time Kyrie, and then you had that stint. I want to say, want to say they said uh, Kevin Durant hasn't played since January. When you have like a 10 to 15 games where it is unmotivated Harden, part-time Kyrie, and wait, who did, who's the team that the uh, Harlem Globetrotters play? The uh, the Washington Generals? Washington, yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's basically what it is. And I hate to call Patty Mills the Washington Generals because he has played significant winning basketball while he was in San Antonio. But Patty Mills ain't winning you no games. It's not the Olympics. Like, he, he got to go up against all-stars every night. Like, he can get you 20 and, like, 5. But the, the other point guard getting you, like, 30 and 10. So, and you notice I ain't said nothing about anybody else. Like, Seth Curry has clearly not found his role yet in, in this. And it's weird because you have one of the most potent jump shots. Go stand in the corner, bro. Go, just go get open. You know your teammates are about to draw double teams. Don't look lost. There's no point in looking lost. Go do what you are good at. And then uh, everybody else should look lost. <laughs> we don't. And then uh, what? Joe Harris, Joe Harris is out for the rest of the season. There's, yep. there's no hope. Uh, these guys are generally going to be a a playing team, like unless Kyrie go, I mean, Kyrie and Kevin Durant at this point go like supernova for the, like the next 18 games. This, this is an eighth seed team and they look like it. Like I, I never thought a team with Kevin Durant and Kyrie would look like an eighth seed team. Like it's, it's not hard to watch. Cause you know, Kevin Durant is just a, a purely entertaining basketball player. Kyrie Irving is purely entertaining. Everybody else, 
you got you got to go do something. Like if the other three players decided to run an offense and just let Kyrie and KD do whatever they wanted, this would be a more enjoyable brand of basketball. But that is not what's happening right now. Uh, like, but I maintain the, one of the problems with Kyrie is that like. I don't think the way he plays basketball correlates super strongly with winning. Like, not as an individual. See? Right. And it's just like, he's fun to watch. He's a fascinating character off the court, but like, if, it, like, he's, he's, he's not going to be the reason you win games for real. Like, he might, he might put you over, right? He might hit the clutch shot, but like, I I don't know. I'm no. It's just like mm-hmm. hmm? you're 100 percent correct. That is that is not what he is he is about. We we saw that for the years he was with Cleveland. He's not about to win you no games. He's about to put points up there. Like he is a great ancillary piece, but if he is your piece, oof, I'm sorry. Like, and like you said, they they need Simmons because he would help with basically everything except putting more points on the board. You know, I think he would even help the defense. I think Ben Simmons is enough of a playmaker and enough of a break starter where mm-hmm. him rebounding the ball gives you early offense. Oh, yeah. Because right now, that they want to be a half court team, but you don't run plays. That that's not that's not gonna get you anywhere. Like, um, I can't think of a single team ever where it's not. It's like y'all not even running motion offense. Like, if you've been playing basketball long enough, that should be like the bare minimum. Like, you should pass and pick away. Like that is pass and move, pass and move. This is basic. Like, we've been talking about this since the beginning of the season. There is no motion in that offense. And I cannot, for the life of me, tell you why. Like, you you know when Kevin Durant get the ball. I'm not saying he a ball stopper at all. But when he get the ball, he got a score on this team. When Kyrie gets the ball, he got a score on this team. The rest of you, please just don't be looking for a pass. Like, like Bruce Brown, of all people, you can't shoot. <laughs> Go move. Go set a screen. Anything. Like it's just who who's their GM? Because I I want to write a very strongly worded letter to him. Because uh, he not doing nothing. Like they they gotta be looking at somebody for, for like the the buyout and. I don't even. Dude think named Sean Marks. Oh, Sean Marks needs to get beat up. <laughs> Sean Marks, Steve Nash, both of them need to get beat up. And when it, and when the assailant is finished, they need to be like, "Do your job better," and then run off. Like, because I think that's the only thing that can fix this, bro. Like some life changing revelations. Um, because I, I I can't see it. And as much as I like Ben Simmons, and I do think he'll add some much-needed... Now that I think about it, I think he affects every single part of the game for them. 
early offense. He gives you the defender that you you need. Because I, I, I love Kevin Durant. But Kevin Durant not like that. Like he he needs somebody else to help out. And I ain't never I I don't think Kyrie can guard me. And that's no disrespect to Kyrie. That's just not what he does. Patty Mills is too small. Bruce Brown is he's there. Andre Drummond is big and he tries. He really does. He gave us that highlight in his first game where he blocked a shot. But I don't think that man averaging over a block a game this season. Um and I'd be lying to you if I told you anybody else on this team can give you that. Like, we we got a – in our top eight rotation, we got a rookie who's literally – only thing he can do is put the ball in the hole. Like, we're – we're cooked. And I keep saying we because at the beginning of the season, I picked the, the Nets to win the championship. And – I don't like quitting on people. I don't. Like that's a, that's against my nature. I'm gonna rock with you until you've disappointed me to no end. But the beauty about like basketball and the basketball season, when the season's over, baby, I can do what I want. I'm a free agent. <laughs> my allegiance is uh is to my happiness and to not being stressed out. And thank God for high school basketball because I haven't had to like sign in with anybody this entire year. So, uh, but it's over. I got to ride with somebody. And uh, the tax is too high in Brooklyn anyway. I got to go somewhere else <laughs> immediately. Immediately. But uh, let's, let's switch notes to a much more favorable situation. And let's talk about the Boston Celtics. Uh, the newly number one defense in the entire league, Boston Celtics. And I don't even want to talk about the defense. Yes, they're, they got a bunch of pieces that work well. Their rotation's good, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? The person I want to talk about is the man who has scored 124 points over the last three games, and that's Jason Tatum. Uh, Calvin, you were saying this earlier, and I noticed this in, in the Brooklyn game. We're about I'm like halfway through rewatching the Brooklyn game, and he got 39 with like six minutes left in the fourth quarter. And he finished the game with 54. What he's doing in the fourth in these fourth quarters is like DeMar DeRozan-esque, like earlier in the season. Like I guess I know he's not averaging like 35 a game, but he is he is cooking teams. He hit he hit Atlanta for what 33. He hit mm-hmm. my team that I'm thinking about, you know, selling my tickets for. Uh the Nets for 54. And then he Shoot, before that, he gave what? He hit Memphis the Grizzlies for 37. So, like, he is, he is cooking in... I feel like we're not talking about that. Like, this is a this is a nasty three-game stretch where you're averaging almost, what, 41 points a game. And he's doing the heavy lifting in the fourth quarter to get his team, like, over the hump. Like, he... This is the superstar player that we've been talking about, like coming to grips, like for the past couple of years, and it, it's here. It's here. He is he is that scoring hub where, when the Celtics need somebody at the end, it is him. Uh, I guess the only thing is like, 
Well, I mean, like, it's it's sustainable. He's been a scorer his whole career. But, like, do you think... I don't know, I guess, do you think that, like... This is, like... It's just gonna... It's gonna stay at this level through, like, the, the postseason, or... What did we see kind of a regression back to the mean? No, man, I think this is this is exactly what you want to see at this point of the season. Like you are hitting your strides like the entire team is clicking on all cylinders. We're looking at uh, Jason Tatum being the true closer that we've always wanted him to be. Uh, Jalen Brown is back from his injury. We got the they got the number one defense. Excuse me. They have the number one defense. I can't rock with the Celtics like that. Uh, they have the number one defense in the entire league. If that's realistically what you need to win a championship and have a deep run in the playoffs, you need a top tier defense and you need a closer. They have both of those things. And like the ancillary pieces are really good. Like, of course, Marcus Smart is an incredible defender. And then you got Robert Williams. I, I don't you watched the Celtics game. Robert Williams, he is a like superior difference maker for this team. Like his ability to finish over the top of defenses and block shots and defend a little bit on the perimeter. Like all of that is just making this team like special. They have the length. They have the defenders. Uh, they got my man Tice back, and he's being really solid. Like, everything is there for this Celtics team to make a deep run. But, you know, they, they tend to disappoint, and we're going to see if that changes. Uh, yeah. Like, if – so, like, right now, right, if all of this stops, right, like like the season ends today, they're currently set up to – to play, like, what, the Bulls in the playoffs, right? That'd be, like, their first round. Do you think they'd be able to get out the first round? If the the way the Bulls are constructed right now, yeah. Okay, like, how come? They don't have all their elite defenders. Like, I don't think Lonzo Ball's back. Uh, mm-hmm. Caruso's still down. Right. So, like, Ayo DeSumo is a really good, um, really good person in the backcourt. But who who's gonna guard Jason Tatum? Like Demar and him are just gonna go back and forth when it comes to scoring. And I think Jason had Jason Tatum has a deeper bag than him. And then we're looking at Zach Levine versus Jalen Brown. I like Jalen Brown in that matchup. Uh, better defender, bigger body. I wouldn't say he more of a dog, but he he got some takeover in his blood compared to like Zach Levine who. He doesn't have that same opportunity with DeMar DeRozan going crazy like that, even though he is averaging like almost 25 a game with that man on the roster. Um, I think Robert Williams cooks every single big that the uh, Chicago Bulls have right now. Vucevic? Yeah, yeah. Vucevic cannot move his feet with that man. He is is going to end up on a poster at least two to three times during a seven-game stretch. Easy. Easy. And I'm being nice by giving them seven games. I think if they play each other, that's five, maybe six games. Yeah. Like, I got a lot of faith in the Celtics, especially in the first round. They have a tendency to get out of the first round. Now, when we move up in competition level, we're going to see. 
they don't have an excuse to be in the young team anymore. Like Jason Tatum is what year five, year six. Brown is six, seven. Um, at this point, Smart is a grizzled veteran who's been in the league almost ten years. Uh, they're old. And I don't mean that in like a bad way. Like Al Horford's there. Tatum, I mean Tatum's year five. Just year five. Okay, that means Brown is year six. Like you, y'all, y'all getting paid the supermax. Go be super. Like you, that, that is that is what you're here for. Um, no, they're they're really solid. Like all the way down to probably like a seven man rotation. Realistically, they can get away with playing that. They can sneak eight, nine guys in there. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. <laughs> uh, especially not against, like, some of those bigger teams that we have. Like, I don't know what they're going to do against the Bucks. Nobody has an answer for Giannis. Uh, I think Middleton can cancel out uh, Jalen Brown. So you're battling production between the best, one of the best defensive players who can also get you 30 points a game versus Jason Tatum, who can just kind of get you a 40. Um, so it really depends on which way you lean. I am more of a, I want that, I want that 30 point 15 rebound game personally. And especially when you going to give me two, three blocks a game. So it's, it's going to be interesting, man. I really like what the Celtics have put together. Uh, they have not disappointed so far. I think these last 18 or so games in the season are going to mean a lot. Like they're they're under the microscope now. They've they've pointed at themselves as being one of the better teams in the league, and it's up to them to to do that. Uh, now, again, I don't. I think I'm brainwashed by the Western Conference. For like the last 10, 15 years where they've just been like so dominant. Mm-hmm. Outside of the Bucks, I don't see anybody that can mess with the top teams from the Western Conference. And I know the Nuggets aren't the top team, but they got a super weapon. They they got the nuclear clo- code in my man um Jokic. Uh he he's another one who had like 45, 10, and 10 the other day. I don't, I don't know what you do. That is an offense into himself. I really like what he does. Um, and then we move on to the Phoenix Suns, who are just running on all cylinders. Like, I, I, I think it's like those two should be maybe not the Nuggets, but those two should be like the favorite over just about every team in the West outside of uh, Milwaukee. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. But Calvin, man, go ahead. Tell me about uh the game you watch with the seventy uh not the seventy sixers, the Milwaukee. Damn, not the Milwaukee. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies and the Celtics. Okay. Celtics. So, uh, what? Short version. All right. So, it was. It was, I guess, kind of not the prettiest game for the Grizzlies in particular kind of in general, especially early. Um, Ja Morant took an unusually high number of threes this game. He took 12. Six of those were in the first quarter. Uh, He didn't hit any of those, if memory serves. 
Granted, he finished the game with 38. A lot of that came in the fourth. Um, the Grizzlies, as a team, just didn't shoot well from beyond the arc. Okay, we went 13 of 40? Uh, Lord. Okay, I'm looking at that number. Um, the best dude from behind the arc was Bane, who went 10 of 5. I mean, correction, 5 of 10. Um, and then Ja with 4 of 12, and nobody else hit more than one. Uh, but they did take them. Uh, the Celtics didn't quite have that problem. They went 16 of 37 from deep. Uh, in addition, right, both teams are very good rebounding teams. This time, right, the Celtics got the Grizzlies, right? Uh, 51 rebounds to 44. The They played, especially early, well, actually throughout the whole game, the Celtics played way off of Ja, right? Daring him to shoot. And of course, as I explained, he took those shots Especially early, they didn't really go down. Um, playing way off of him made it harder for him to get to the rim. Uh, and the Celtics were comparatively able to like do their normal stuff, right? Because they weren't hitting their normal shots. And the Grizzlies were kind of just struggling to hit shots in general. Ja wasn't really alone in this. Um... That said, right, it was still a game, right? It still went like a game going into the fourth. Uh, though, you know, especially in the third, the Boston kind of got a lead. Ja it up in the fourth. The problem is, so did Tatum. They basically traded buckets. You can't, if you're down, you can't trade buckets and win, a ba- and win the basketball game. So, like, you know how it goes. Tatum finished with 37, right? 14 of 25. He just, he just made shots. Like, I, I don't really know how else to describe it, right? Like, his three-point shooting wasn't amazing, but, like, he hit mid-range shots. He found ways to get to the rim. He found ways to score, long and short. Um, hmm? Is he getting to the rim? I mean, like, is he getting to the free throw line? He... Took eight free throws. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, eight free throws, he hit seven of them. Um, but, yeah, right? Uh, Williams, okay. Robert Williams uh, went 10 of 12. I mean, correction, he, he went five. Of, he, he, had, he had 10 points, 12 rebounds, three assists, three steals, and three blocks. Did a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, Grant Williams, 11 points, four rebounds, an assist, three fouls, I, I guess. Uh, he was, he was like the, the Celtics were effective. The Grizzlies, slightly less so, largely because we kept chucking, I feel like. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Jaron Jackson Jr. did pretty good, 9 of 18 from the field for 20 points. Uh, And, of course, Desmond Bain, who I touched on, 6 of 14 from the field, 5 of 10 from deep, 17 points, 7 rebounds. He's got a really mean step back. Yeah. Like, like I looked at him like, oh, this is, he's got this down to a science. 
like the yeah. same way every time. Yeah, your your man has like he's he's always been a dangerous shooter, but he has like changed his game to be what? Is he your second or third scoring option? This is, I I think he's I don't know. I think he's second. Second. Um. Because yeah, I'm pretty sure he's second. I can double check, but I'm. Because uh, it's just like he's he's a really efficient scorer. Yeah. Um. Which when you play with beside dudes like Ja or just players in general, it's good to have a dude that can get his points and not have to take a million and one shots. Uh. Okay, correction. When everybody is healthy, he's the third scorer. Behind uh, Dylan Brooks. But, like, it's Ja with 27, Dylan Brooks with 18, Bain with 17, Jackson with 16. Yeah, man. Y'all got some some dogs over there, bro. Oh, yeah. Um, But, yeah, that game, while fun, was was not a good night for the Grizzlies. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, I am out of basketball topics. Like, I ain't watching enough. Like, it, it, I got a prospects corner coming out this week. So, you guys are in the high school basketball. You want to know the like ins and outs? Trust me, a lot of content's coming up that way, so you guys can know about the future of basketball before the future is here. Like, you you want to be the person with the crystal ball, or when these guys are coming up in the draft, they already know. And I'm your guy with the. I'm the man behind the crystal ball for you. So, trust me, really good com- content coming out this week over high school basketball. Really can have recruiting, all that good stuff. But, guys, it looks like it is a wrap for the Traveling Hoopers podcast episode for today. Again, I have been your host, Alan Perdigrew Jr., and in front of me is my best friend in the world, Calvin Gowan. Calvin, go ahead and sign out for us, my guy. All right. Once again, everybody, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, on the Traveling Hooper podcast. You can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Joining us on YouTube, like, share, and subscribe. Leave something in the comments. And next week, we'll be talking about March Madness. Uh, you know we will. Like, oh. what's the league got going on right now? Let's be real. You got a point. You got a point. You got a point. <laughs> All right, we were talking about March Madness because Selection Sunday uh, is, you know, this Sunday. Uh, and we will talk about the uh, the fact that, like, there are only, like, three teams that will probably have a realistic shot at, uh, at holding the trophy at the end. Yeah. But it'll be a fun ride getting there. Lo- hey, Loyola of Chicago was back. So go ahead and make that four teams. Cinderella, Cinderella, let's go. They they never left.